On today's episode of the SBR podcast, we are thrilled to be joined by Don DeJulia. One of the most respected administrators in all of college athletics, Don had a career that lasted a half a century, 50 years in college sports. 35 of those years were spent as the athletic director of St. Joseph's University. DeJulia was a two-sport athlete as an undergraduate, participating in baseball and basketball during his time on Hawk Hill. Don DeJulia has accomplished a great deal during his years in sports business, and we are thrilled to welcome him to the show. Don, how are you? Great, Brian. Thank you. Thank you for that kind introduction. No, no. Thank you for joining me today. Um, it's always great, like I said, to speak with someone like you who has so much experience uh, to share to you know my guests here, or, or more or less my listeners. Um, so yeah, well, let's kick started with that. You were a two-sport athlete you know, during your time at St. Joseph's University. Uh, let's, let's start there. And uh, what made you decide to stay around in the world of uh, sports business and college athletics? Well, after I uh, finished at St. Joe's, and as you said, I participated in baseball and basketball. I was fortunate enough to have a lot of great teammates, and great coaches in both sports, and uh, our teams had some success. I wanted to be a high school teacher and a coach, primarily basketball. So at the end of uh, senior year, then I had that opportunity. I went back to my alma mater, St. James High School in Chester, and was teaching and uh, was coaching. And the first year, I think I was the assistant JV football coach, the J head JV basketball coach, and the assistant track coach. So everything was great. And had no other plans. I was working my summer job, and I got a call from a former teammate at St. Joe's in basketball. And he said, hey, by the way, I just got the head coaching job in basketball at Fairfield University in Connecticut. I said, oh, great. Congratulations. He said, would you like to be my assistant? And I said, being young and dumb at the time, uh, that sounds cool. Sure. Where again is Fairfield? <laughs> so, so that was the first day on a college campus working and uh, then lasted 50 years. So the last year I was uh, 50 years on a college campus. And my last year I called this fella and I said, by the way, I'm going to retire at the end of this year. So it'll be 50 years on a college campus. And you gave me the first opportunity. He said, oh, that's great. Let's figure out what we'll do for the next 50. <laughs> so anyway, so um, the first uh, eight years were assistant basketball coach at Fairfield University, then GW in Washington and American University in Washington. And then um, after that stint, had the opportunity to come to St. Joe's as the athletic director in 1976 for the first time. So I was there through five years and um, decided to uh, become a conference commissioner. So I did that with two conferences for seven years and uh, was living back in Connecticut for a second time, was commissioner of the Metro Atlantic Athletic Conference, the MAC. And uh, the position at St. Joe's opened again as the athletic director. So uh, made the uh, decision to come back in 1988. So uh, from 88, and then I stepped aside as the athletic director in uh, 
2018. So that completed 35 years, as you said, and then 50 years in college sports. So that's extremely uh, impressive. Your, your track record there and also longevity wise, uh, 35 years with one college. You don't see that very often. No, and, and you won't see it much often in the future either. And, and so, yeah, let's, let's shed some light on that. What, how, how were you able to stick around for so long? You've obviously, obviously were very successful. There's a lot of teams, you know, I saw St. Joe's, uh, you know, just across the board, uh, specific teams doing very well. Uh, I think the uh, most notable team of course, is that 2003, 2004 St. Joe's team that made a run um, undefeated and in, into the NCAA tournament. Uh, besides that, you know, was it the people you worked with day to day? Was it what what kept you around for so long? Yeah, it's a couple of things. I think one, uh, because I'm from Philadelphia and then went to St. Joe's, I think uh, fortunately kind of I fit. I understood the university and its culture and its environment and uh, vice versa. Uh, it fit me and I fit them. So I think that is fundamental and key to one uh, enjoying a long tender in any organization, either sports or non-sports, is fitting that culture and environment and uh, working with everyone within the organization to achieve its goals and missions and planning and vision and all the things that happen in any enterprise. So I think that was the main thing. And then the second, uh, did enjoy the work working with uh, student athletes and coaches and uh, the competitive nature of athletics uh, and the, uh, the uh, collaborative nature, you know, the essence of team, you know, student athletes working kind of on a team. So that was the most satisfying to see some of those things come together. And over the course of time, universities like St. Joe's changed like other organizations. We got, went from an all male 1600 student body enrollment to 2400 co-educational institution. And then when I left, we were about 4,600 uh, full-time undergraduates with a much more expansive uh, real estate uh, situation. So the university had grown. So I saw a lot over that time, was pleased to be part of it. Yeah. And I'd like to touch on that in a little bit before we do so. I think one thing that really kind of marks your career there is the fact that you you did start as a student athlete, went into coaching, and then more the administrative side. Do you feel that your time as the student athlete and as a coach prepared you as an administrator, more or less kind of uh, led you to understand um, what was the most important aspects of college athletics compared to maybe those who have never played a college sport or those who have never coached in, in uh, college athletics? Right. It, I, I did uh, learn a lot. I didn't realize it at first. When I first appointed the athletic director, my only view of the athletic director position was to those whom I had served. I observed the ADs at American U, GW, Fairfield. And then when I was here, we had athletic directors. And I don't think I completely understood it, but became quickly immersed in it. And understanding it was much bigger and broader than I really anticipated. Now, growing up in sport as an athlete and a coach, 
then I think that led to understanding what the essential, most important things are. That is creating environment where student athletes can learn and grow in and outside their sport. So I think I was able to see that through experience. Now, it doesn't mean athletic directors must have that experience, but I think that, that they learn it faster if they did have that experience. Now, experiences that you can't really prep for, right? I, I read here a little bit about you that in 1981, there was a massive, um, what was it, 76 to 81, about a five-year span, there was a great deal of construction on campus and uh, an athletic recreation complex that was expanding. And then, of course, we know that the old Episcopal Academy High School on City Line Avenue was additionally purchased by St. Joe's University. What type of role did you have in both projects and the expansion of, of the facilities there? Yes, I fortunately was involved with both projects when uh, the initial one began in the late 70s. The uh, addition and uh, creation of a, an athletic and recreational facility, uh, which was uh, adjacent to our current field house, it, it was called, and that was a, a first-time experience working with architects and contractors and uh, planning to say, this is the program we'd like to see. How do you put together the space in order for those programs to flourish? So that was a terrific experience and uh, learned a lot of big picture ideas on how people go about uh, creating uh, new spaces uh, in this case, in athletics. And then later on, um, during my second tour of duty at St. Joe's, we were fortunate enough to acquire the Episcopal Academy in 2008. And uh, that was an additional 38 acres to the campus. There are classroom buildings, a lot of open space, a lot of athletic fields, which we did not have as we were kind of landlocked on the Philadelphia side of the campus. And the Episcopal Academy campus was in adjacent Lower Marin Township in Montgomery County, just a short walk across City Avenue. And so it was all adjacent property, but we were able to add five fields overnight that we did not have before. So the planning to make those kind of a reality for college-age students as opposed to elementary, middle and high school students as used by Episcopal. So working with, again, architects and uh, contractors to make that happen. And then uh, also uh, Episcopal had two indoor high school gyms, which we still have. And we turned those into expanded recreational opportunities for all students, just not varsity students. Uh, so uh, that was a, a transformational purchased by the university and it's uh, being fully used today for uh, academic classroom space, student gathering space, and a lot of the outdoor activities that St. Joe hosts today. So you can see that St. Joe is actually, because we, we know that City Line Avenue does separate the city of the suburbs. It's not just an urban campus there. We have a, we have a little bit of a suburb side of the campus as well. <laughs> yes. And we have a bridge connecting it also. So we are uh, 
resides fully in the, both counties, Philadelphia County and Montgomery County, and it's uh, it's it's been great. So that obviously took a lot of planning. And another thing I saw about your career that I, I was particularly interested in was that you spearheaded numerous conference and national championship, you know, conference tournaments, including the 2009 NCAA men's basketball first and second rounds, the 2000 NCAA women's basketball final four, NCAA women's lacrosse division one, division three championships in 2015. And then it says that you even hosted a couple events there at PPL Park in Chester, Pennsylvania, which is also home of your uh, St. James High School. Right. Can you talk a little bit about that? Because uh, obviously there's a lot of planning that goes into all of those events. Yes. Uh, in the 1980s, when I was a conference commissioner and it extended to my stay at St. Joe's into the 90s for about a 10-year period, I was fortunate enough to be part of the NCA council. Now there is still a council today in the organizational structure. And that's a group of people from all three divisions that work together to prepare and present legislation uh, to enable the NCA to grow and flourish, you know, with all the institutional programs. And it was during that time and became aware of, uh, the full NCA hosting of championship uh, policies and procedures. And uh, so that enamored me that uh, the NCA staff and hosting its 80 some championships, like 20 some in division one, uh, uh, looked at different cities to submit proposals sure. based on the facilities they might have to host these championships. So after that experience and became active uh, in uh, downtown Philadelphia, um, the business and tourism center, and they started something called the Philadelphia Sports Congress. And uh, that was a group set up to attract sporting events to Philadelphia. So we're working with them. Then we kind of initiated putting some bids together to the NCA on every four-year cycle to bring collegiate championships to the Philadelphia region. Sure. And, um, so that's what got me into it and then had the opportunity uh, to uh, stay with that group, the Philadelphia Sports Congress. In fact, eight, just a year ago, uh, another proposal was submitted and Philadelphia region was given five more championships for the next five years. And then uh, different people hosted different events, and uh, we each kind of took a turn. So St. Joe's was involved in uh, men's basketball, women's basketball, women's lacrosse. Uh, uh, Philadelphia's hosted the, the Frozen Four Ice Hockey Championship, men's wrestling championship, men's lacrosse championship. And, uh, and each of the schools chip in and help to bring that to fruition pretty big undertaking and uh, a lot of excitement, a lot of fun. And it's a good benefit for the city because it attracts so many outsiders into the city for these championship events. Of course. No. And I, I, I've attended multiple events here in Philadelphia, um, NCAA tournaments, professional events, different things. We, we know the basketball culture that is in the city in particular. Uh, what role did the big five play in bringing those events to Philadelphia, would you say ultimately that was kind of your selling point and the, the basketball culture here in the city? 
Yeah, I think you're right on there. The basketball culture in the city was six Division One teams, the five Big Five schools, plus Drexel, uh, uh, was known nationally. And uh, I don't think any other city has six schools so adjacent to one another in proximity. And uh, and now we get a lot of attention uh, in visibility and publicity as a result. So that did align in attracting attention on the basketball side without question. And one of the key factors was having the facilities involved. We use many different facilities in different sports. And then um, when the uh, now Wells Fargo Center was being planned to replace the old Spectrum, I, th I think it was first called the First Union Center, then the Wachovia, then Wachovia, and then the now Wells Fargo. So with that facility, the quality of it and the size of it, we're able to attract more attention nationally from the NCA to be able to host the growth of men's basketball through time and also uh, bring that final four in women's basketball to the city in the year 2000. And prior to that, uh, Philadelphia hosted the men's basketball final four on two occasions at the Spectrum in 1976 and 1981. So Philadelphia may be closely followed by Indianapolis of hosting more diverse NCAA championships than any other city in the country. And uh, everyone in Philly is proud of that. No, it's very impressive. And it's not just NCAA events as well. I, th I think being a member of the Philadelphia Sports Congress, you know, you know, executive board there, did you come, did you, did you experience any other bids uh, outside of college sports? I didn't, were you responsible for any of those? Uh, some participate on a team trying to track different events. For example, uh, uh, the big five work together, to try to bring other conference championships to philadelphia that was one and then outside of the collegiate cycle you know youth sports is huge in america and there are a lot of youth sport activities on a national level that have come to philadelphia over time like one of the nation's largest uh, girls young women volleyball championships was played in philadelphia and we couldn't host it for the for a long time because we didn't have the facilities. It's so big. It's like 500 teams from across the country. Yeah. And it wasn't until the new Philadelphia convention center was built that Philly had an arena and a space big enough to host something like that. And have worked too to have a lot of outdoor events, uh, some national uh, lacrosse and soccer events come to Philadelphia and has led to uh, Philly is now preparing to acquire some outdoor property to be able to uh, even be more of a host to some larger national youth sport programs that want to travel around the country. It's very cool. And in 2018, you know, an athletic director internship in your name. Can you talk a little bit about that, if you had any involvement with that, or if that was more or less something that the Big Five came up with in your name that it looks like sponsors a athletic director internship for aspiring athletic directors? Yeah, I've been fortunate, you know, to be close to the Big Five over many, many, many decades and um, work so closely together. 
uh, on a lot of things, both in and outside of sport. Uh, so, uh, uh, because I had been around longer than anyone else, uh, they uh, were able to use some connections that I've made over time to bring some events and have some naming opportunities. Then the Atlantic 10 Conference, which is the conference that St. Joe's and LaSalle are currently in, uh, they named a, a permanent internship in my name in the Atlantic 10 uh, for two uh, aspiring athletic administrators per year who recently graduated from college and want to start gaining athletic administrative experience. And they relocate to the Atlantic 10 office in Virginia and then spend a year uh, learning the ropes, as you'd say. And uh, so that's been that's been great working with them too to get more people involved in the enterprise. So, what would your advice be to someone who's aspiring to be a collegiate administrator in college sports, or maybe even an athletic director? What would your your main advice be to someone who's young who's looking to get to break into that industry? Well, I'd say especially people in college, or uh, the main thing is to try to get some experience while you're in college. So that as you're preparing your resume as you graduate, you can show and relate to some experience that touches sport, whether it be on the current campus that you're going to school, or in our case, the Philadelphia region has many sport industry uh, businesses where people can get internships there. And... Uh, uh, so that when you're finishing and want to aspire, say, to get into college sport administrator, when you present your resume, you can list some current experiences and speak to the fact that, you know, you've met so many people, you've understand the networking nature of the business, and uh, uh, you have that real life experience, even though it's only for a year or two and in short burst, but it's key. In the, in the hiring process where people want to look for somebody who's been there, done that to some degree. So get, get involved early. And how about yourself? You know, having been there and done that, what is, what are you most proud of over the course of a, you know, half a century in collegiate sports? Is there any moment or span of years or specific things that you can kind of pinpoint and, and you know, say that you're, you're proud of, of, of those events or you know, what occurred? Well, there are a lot of things that come to mind that you're fortunate enough and uh, I'm very grateful to have been involved in. Uh, you mentioned a couple was involved in Big Five for so many years and then the uh, building of certain facilities on campus that affected athletics, being part of that Episcopal Academy acquisition in 2008 was, uh, was a transformational moment in St. Joseph's history, not just sports history, but university history. But the whole bottom line, I think, is gets back to the fundamental issue is uh, the most joyful and pleasurable times in the business is seeing student-athlete preparation and achieve success, knowing that, that coaches and athletes need to work so hard and sacrifice so much to bring out the best in each other that in this competitive nature, you don't always achieve the ultimate success, meaning winning a conference team championship or an individual 
conference championship or participating in NCA level tournament. And when those things happen, uh, they are the most uh, satisfying. And at the same time, one of the favorite days of the year on the college campus, in my view, is then uh, the annual commencement graduation ceremonies where you see all this hard work and determination kind of fulfill itself, where you see students and their families being so happy on a very special day in their lives. So a combination of uh, seeing a steady growth and accomplishment in all the student athletes and coaches is, has been the most satisfying. Well, Don DeGiulia, I want to thank you for your time today, shedding light on your career, um, kind of giving some advice to prospective college athletic, uh, you know, administrators or those who want to get into the college athletics realm. Once again, just, just thank you for joining us today here on the SBR podcast. Keep up the good work. Thank you, Don. If you enjoyed today's episode and would like to check out more content, please remember to follow me on Twitter and Instagram at the handle at SBR underscore podcast. We are now active on YouTube at Sports Business Review. Don't forget to subscribe and give us a follow on Facebook and LinkedIn at the same name, Sports Business Review. If you feel the need to provide any further feedback or you'd like to be featured on a future episode, please visit www.sportsbusinessreview.com the official home of the SBR podcast. Once again, my name is Brian McDonough and have a great week, everyone.